what a time. Uh, shoot, we're back at it here on the RPD show. What a, what a, what a fun time to be alive. I mean, what an interest, interesting time to be alive. I mean, to say the least. It's like it's like the world, you know. It's like back, and then it's like we might be headed for another. I don't know, lockdown, but like more restrictions again, and it's just. I don't know. It's a weird time to be alive. You know, stay healthy out there, folks. But um, today I'm joined by a very special guest. We've, uh, as we'll get into it, we've been going back and forth to try and get this going. Both of us have been really busy as of lately. Um, but I am joined by Anise, who is a very talented artist. He uh, primarily is in the rap genre, but I've, as I've listened to his stuff, it there's definitely great influence from kind of all over the place. So, um Man, why don't we start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just like as like a little, you know, just like bi- mini bio, just like who you are, where you're from. I, I don't know, just whatever you want to say. But definitely, thank you for thank coming you. on the show. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. This is an honor. Um, yeah, I mean, you really hit it on the head. I'm, I, I like to describe myself as an artist first and foremost because I want people to know that my music is it's uh, unboxed. It's not you know, strictly hip hop or strictly pop or strictly R and B. It's a little bit of everything. It's a genre list, as I would say. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I do. I make music. I'm trying to just find healing through music. And I know that might sound cliche or corny, but I really think that's the whole point of music is to process our experience as humans and our emotion, um, the emotions that come within the human experience. So that's what I've been doing for the last few years. And, um, I've just been finding a lot of fulfillment in it and, Thank God social media for all its negative qualities has many blessings that it brings with it. And it's really blessed me with a platform at this point. Hell yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I've, I've seen you doing your thing and we connected and it just was like, Hey, I would love to have you on. And here we are. And yeah. it's awesome just to chop it up and hear more about, you know, your process and, you know, more about you, I guess. But what um, initially made you want to be an artist? Like what kind of, caught your and were like i think i want to do this yeah um so my whole life i was surrounded by music but i never believed that it was a career like a formidable career path for me just because it's 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 not something that they really offer you in school right school does not guide the artists towards their natural calling it it guides the artist towards conforming to something else And so I fell for that hook, line and sinker, went to college and studied philosophy, went to law school and studied law. And, um, by the time I was done, I was a barred attorney and I was highly depressed. And so, and so I was at a crossroads in my life where I kind of had to decide, all right, well, what do I want to do? Because if I keep doing this law thing, I think I might be miserable for my entire human existence. (laughs) And, uh, and so I did some soul searching, started a vlog. Right. Cause I was like, all right, how can I like take baby steps towards creativity? So I did a vlog and it just sort of intuitively, every vlog started being about music. Right. So little by little, I kind of came out of my shell to the world. And yeah, I mean, music was just my intuitive climb out of depression. If I can put it that way, it was like my ladder. It was like my, my, my lifeline, so to speak. And I've been freestyling since I was 15, uh, but only a few years ago did I decide, all right, you know what? <clears throat> this isn't just hobby. This isn't just therapy. This is vocation. This is passion. This is, this is my life. 
Wow. I, that's crazy. I, ne- I never knew that you um, did the whole law school thing and was a lawyer. Like that, that's, that's crazy that you kind of. Okay. I keep, I, I mean, a lot of people in the beginning of my career were like, yo, you should leave with that. Like people will find that so cool. Like you're an attorney and like you're an artist, but to me, I was like, nah, like <laughs> I have a degree to be an attorney in like a paperwork that lets me practice, but I really don't identify as one at all. So like, I kind of keep it low key. I know. I, I hear you. I mean, it's not, it's not your passion. It's not what really gets you going, but does that kind of help though through navigating like the, the music business? Like if someone sends you a contract, you're just like, yeah, all right, I, I, <laughs> I know what this is. percent, hundred percent. I think a lot of artists get taken advantage of because oh, they're, yeah. so, they're so young, so yeah. talented and they're so ambitious, but their ambition doesn't have a, limiter on it right and so they'll get a an opportunity presented to them and they'll look at all the all the positives to the opportunity and and they'll bite but as a as an attorney i've i've been put in those similar situations um where record labels will offer me deals um managers will offer me deals um you know i'll just all, all types of brand deals merchandise deals and I have to be careful how much of a lawyer I let myself be because, because <laughs> sometimes uh, it's not good to be too legalistic and to turn down opportunities strictly because they're not, you know, a slam dunk win for you. I think as a lawyer, the lawyer side of my brain is nice because it protects me from getting taken advantage of. But the artist in me has to sort of get in the room too and remind the lawyer side of me that, hey, it's got to be a win-win for everybody, you know, like because lawyers, their goal is like, I'm going to get everything I can for my client, you know. Right. But, but as an, as an artist, I got to remember, like, I just want everyone to win, you know, and myself being my first priority, I don't want to get taken advantage of. Absolutely. That's, that's cool. But I think that how you kind of balance kind of like the angel and devil on the shoulder almost. It's like, yep. artist, you know, but it <laughs> helps. I'm, I'm, that's, I mean, shoot, maybe more artists should look, you know, take a contracts class or something. And call, yeah. You know. I was going to say not go to law school, <laughs> yeah, but take but, YouTube contract law. <laughs> right. Just, just have a brief understanding, you know? I mean, the, the yeah. verbiage is, can be difficult, but um, I, th- I think, uh, I mean, we're just kind of meeting here, but from your posts and everything, I feel like your personality is infectious. Like, how do you, like, stay so positive and just, like, giddy? Like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about that. Pro- I mean, is that just natural who you are, or is it just, like, um, I think it's who I always was yeah. as a kid. I think as a kid, I was always, I don't know how to explain it, man. I was just always like excited by life and by the things that brought me joy, whether it was laughter or sports or spending time with my friends or music. Um, and I lost that joy for like a few years while I was in law school. So I know what it's like to not be this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was always this way. And then I, and then I come like, I used to deliver pizzas for 10 years and I was the most joyful pizza delivery driver in the world. Like I was thrilled to drive around and just like meet people and potentially, you know, score a nice tip. So like, I, I found that in life you can be very happy and very joyful no matter what you're doing. If your heart feels alive. Right. And, um, so I, 
I found my heart was alive in almost everything I did in life until it wasn't in law school. And I think climbing out of that hole, I sort of have doubled down on my commitment that happiness is a choice and joy and, and, and inner peace are like non-negotiables for me. And so I just, yeah, I mean, look, every day, every day, if you love what you do, every day is extremely exciting because it can lead you closer to something that you love. It's like if you were chasing a, you know, it's like when I was courting my wife, right? Like every day was so exciting before we were married and it still is now, but I'm talking about the process before because uh, it was like every day I'm getting closer to putting that ring on her finger. Right. And now every day is exciting because, you know, we, we, we share our life. Right. Um, that's how I feel about my career. Every day is exciting because I'm getting closer to a new song, a new album, a new collaboration, a new milestone. Um, so I think the key is just doing what you love. Cause when I didn't do what I loved, I wasn't this way. I, I, uh, I like that. I mean, when you're, when you're, it's hard, you know, when you're not, when you don't have like that, something that keeps your heart alive or just, yes, I know exactly what you mean. But, um, one thing I'm curious, what, what, uh, made you like, how did you climb out of like this rut that you're kind of talking about? Like from law school, like, was it, was it just like you decided like, you know what music I'm, I'm going full throttle with music. Mm. Fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like, or is it just, I'm, it I mean, much more gradual. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 when you're, when you're down, you know, it, t- it takes, it's not just like, you know, you, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a journey. hundred percent. It's like, if you were to watch like, a superhero, not to call myself a superhero, but that's just the, that's the imagery in my head. Cause you have superhero things behind you. Yeah. If you watch a superhero get, to, you know, knocked down, you know, they first, they get on their knee and they put their hand down. Then they, you know, they slowly get back up and remember that they're badass as shit. And like, for me, I think that's what it was. Is like, I didn't just bounce back up from law school and just say, fuck it. I'm going to do what I love. And, I'm going to be this, you know, successful artist and, and, and have all my dreams come true. But I just knew this. If I keep doing this, I, I only live once, right? Like you only live once, at least in this, like you only have this one earthly life. And so like as a man of faith, I, that's what I believe. And we only get this life once and then, and then, you know, and then the rest is, you know, to be seen. But um, knowing that I have limited time, I just couldn't justify it anymore in my head. I was like, it, you can only go so far uh, in the dark until you're like either committed to like walking through the darkness for the rest of your life or trying to book a U-turn and, and figure out where you went wrong. And I think for me, towards the end of law school, I really was coming to grips with like, all right, like this is almost over. And when it is over, I have to like, there's no more classes. I either have to put on a suit and tie and go to like court or, or like go work for someone else. Or I have to quit this thing. <laughs> and, and that was terrifying because at the time, you know, to give you a little like backstory, like I was engaged. I wasn't quite, I wasn't married yet. Um, I, 
you know, was living with my parents. I, there was a lot of things about the change in my life. So to change a career path, um, in the midst of all that was not an easy decision, but, but it kind of, it wasn't a simple decision. No, it wasn't easy, but it was simple. I'll put it that way. It wasn't easy because it was scary, but it was a simple decision. It was like, do I want to be unhappy or do I want to be happy? So to climb out of the rut, I just said, okay, you know what? If I believe in myself, like I did when I was a child, then I'll succeed in whatever I do. If I'm passionate about it, I will succeed. And so I started little by little, made a YouTube channel, switched YouTube channels, made another YouTube channel. Um, you know, from that made an Instagram page, you know, saw a little traction there, pivoted from the vlogging to the music, made a TikTok page. Oh, that blows up. My Instagram page comes up with it. So I think every, you know, you have to take action. Talk is cheap, right? Like I could have, I spoke for years about not wanting to practice law, but it wasn't until I took action. Like I'm going to create a YouTube page and film myself and put myself out there that it wasn't until that point that I was like, okay, like I am happier now because no one's going to rescue you. You know, no one's that, that the fairy tales are false. Nobody is going to come save you from your own undoing. Like you have to take the steps to save yourself. And it took me a long time to do that, but eventually step-by-step, step, I kind of, kind of led myself back to where my heart felt alive. Wow. That's, that's phenomenal. Like I, I that man, that, that, that's a hell of a story. Like that. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. Um, of course, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's not worth anything if I don't share it. Yeah. That, that's really powerful stuff. I'm just like from the, kind of speechless. So. <laughs> um, you know what? It's like everybody has a little bit of that story in their own life though. Everybody has a point where they're either not happy with what they're doing. Everyone's somewhere in the spectrum of that story. They're either happy with what they're doing and they're fulfilled. They're unhappy with what they're doing and they're lost or they're somewhere in the in-between. And I'm just thankful to God that I navigated my way towards, you know, where I'm at now. I hear you. I mean, I was, I was working a sales job out of college and I, I hated it and yeah. an opportunity to go tour. And I was like, all right, fuck yeah, it. let's go. And you know, I spent a good like year and a half doing that pretty consistently. And then obviously COVID happened and then I kind of just pivoted, but, but yeah, I'm kind of in a similar situation, but on a lesser scale, I guess, but you kind of, you know, that, that work brought me so much joy as opposed to just being in the office and, just like doing, yep. you know, I don't want to say stupid, but just like some, helping someone else. Yes. You yes. Know? Doing somebody else's bidding and not feeling alive. Right. And it's like, I, I did that. I did that for years. And it was like, I watched, I look in the mirror and be like, man, I'm not even the same person anymore. Like I'm, who is this dude? Who is this dissatisfied looking dude in this Joseph A. Bank shirt? And you know, like, you know, like I just like used to like I literally now when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like I know who I am. You know, that's a great feeling. Hundred percent. Uh, when you say that, when you did you always have you always had the stash, or is that like a new thing <laughs> that you kind of adapted? Because you know, it was a, it's it not it's gnarly. By the way, I, I dig it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was a seasonal piece for a long time. Like I've been rocking the stash going back like ten years, but 
it came and went. Like there were years where it was gone. And even up until recently, like I would bring it around for a couple months and shave it, bring it back. But the problem is all of my social media exploded while I was in a stash phase. And, mm. and now it's like, it like, it like surreptitiously became part of my brand. Like it wasn't even my choice, but now like people identify it with the stash. And like, even when I went out to LA, people that noticed me, like they, like, I know that the reason why they knew it was me was the stash. And so like, <laughs> so now I'm kind of terrified to shave it, but, um, but I probably will shave it at some point. I just, I, I, de it's funny you asked the question because I, I was speaking to my brother about this. I have to wait till I'm at like another stage in my career to shave it. Cause like, cause like right now I got to ride the stash wave out until like, until like I can shave it with not like any risk. <laughs> that's, that's a valid point. I mean, people, they might not recognize you without it, you know? And no, it's... I might not recognize myself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo I love it. Um, all right, well, well, let's get into the music a little bit. Um, yeah. You recently dropped a new single called Drunk on Myself. I'm, and like, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, that's, I, that's, I feel like that's like, I'm intrigued by it just because it's such an interesting title because, thank you. You know, it's very, I guess, common for, I guess, in music where it was, it, it was like kind of a thing for a while where it was like, you know, drinking about you or drinking about the, you know, drunk in love. But, but, yeah, exactly. But drunk on myself, I, that's, it's like, that's like bold. So I guess yeah. tell me a little bit about that process and what inspired that. You know, the funniest thing is at the very beginning of my career, when I was like, we're talking like 2018, 2019, I was so, so, so rough in my songwriting. Every now and then I'd catch a gem. I'm a freestyler. So like every now and then all my songs start with freestyling. I put on a beat, I'll freestyle. And if I like it, I'll record it. And if I like it, I'll keep it, right? And then I'll transcribe the words and then I'll, I'll build off of what was originally a freestyle. That was like the first song that I ever wrote where I was like, oh, like this, this is a song song. Like this isn't just an Instagram post. Like this is going to be on Spotify. And um, that was three years ago. And I think the significance of it being three years ago was that I was still climbing out of the hole. Like I was still kind of to circle back to what we're talking about a moment ago. I was still not fully mentally well. Like I was still depressed a little bit. And so I wrote that song to convince myself to love myself. Like it was like an affirmation because I wasn't drunk on myself when I wrote it. I am more so now, but like I wrote it with the intention of almost like fake it till you make it. Like I'm gonna write this until I believe it. And and now I do really resonate a lot more with the lyrics than I did when I wrote it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the thought process was like, let me, let me manifest almost self-love into my own heart. And so that's kind of how it started. I love it. It's such a unique, you know, I really like the, the song too. And it, it's it just, it's, I think it's super unique. I was, I was back on my home. Thank you. Um, what, uh, like, what do you think separates yourself? Like from other artists i know it's Ooh. it's probably that's probably a tough one just because i'm the only reason i ask is because i don't know there's a lot of people out there trying to you know make it but yeah 100%. you're doing your thing where you've kind of 
create a lane for yourself, you know, which everyone said, you know, they can't always say that. It's a, it's kind of a tough thing to do, but what, what's, I guess, I guess more so like what, what's like one thing I guess you pride yourself on. Mm, I think it would be my stack. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see too many artists, no, but uh, I think um, there's a couple things that make me unique and I'm aware of them. One is my story, which we've spoken about. You know, a lot of artists, they, they knew right away they wanted to be an artist from the time they were a kid and their whole life was sort of catered there too. Whereas for me, and it's starting to rain here, so if, if it's going to affect the audio, let me know. Okay, all good. We're good so far? Okay. Yeah. For me, um, I, I think part of what makes me unique is that I didn't always know I was going to be an artist. And I didn't always... Um, pursue art so if you're a listener and you're listening to my music there's a lot of people who might relate to that who are in a similar position of you know oh this is this is kind of like my story you know i'm in i'm in business but i really want to be um a doctor or i really want to be a teacher right or i'm a teacher and i really want to be um uh, uh, a hotel manager like it doesn't matter you like like a lot of times you, you hear these artists and they're not you can't relate to them because you don't identify with them they are they are celebrities to you i don't think i'm a celebrity to the people who listen to me i think that i'm one of them so it's almost like one of their own kind is making it amongst the celebrities i think that's the the vibe that that i get from my community that that's part of the reason why they they rock with me is because they they identify with me and they feel a sense of almost equity or ownership in my movement not just my music because I, I i'm bigger than my music and i know that and my and my community knows that too um because i want to write books i want to give speeches i want to i want to do advocacy um so i think that's one thing i'm bigger than my i'm bigger than my art because my art's not you know if i can say so myself my art's not perfect and it's not it doesn't have that industry polished sound like it doesn't it's different it's genuine it's raw and that's okay with me i'm not a purist um because i think it reflects who i really am as a person so i think that's one thing that really identifies that really separates me and there's a whole bunch of other things but i think that's probably the thing that's most noticeable to my community and to like listeners very well said i i would I completely agree. I mean, you're you're very down to earth, and it reflects in your music. And yeah, I feel like people, you know, people that DM you or whatever, it's like they they get a response or whatever, and it's just like, oh shit, like you're like just normal, <laughs> you're normal, like you're. What? Oh, he's just like me. He's yeah. not. I mean, that's the funniest thing is that you know the rest of those artists, it's the same thing. You know, every big artist is just the same thing. They're just like you and me. But I think that. I've just never cared about trying to pretend I'm not because like if I did, people would just find out anyways, you know, like there, there's no use in the charade for me because like that's like, that's like um, suffocating to feel like you constantly have to keep up and act. Like I refuse. I never was like that. Even as a kid, like I was always unabashedly me for better or worse. Cause I'm not a perfect person. Like I, there's a lot of negative or not negative, but there's a lot of unrefined things about me. Um, 
that maybe not everyone's going to vibe with and that's okay. Uh, and I think that that was always true of me as a person. And it's definitely also true of me as an artist. No doubt. I, yeah, that's, you keep it, you keep it authentic and it, it shows. I mean, Thank people, you. Don't, people, people don't gravitate towards, you know, like the way I tell, you know, when I chop it over people, I, I always tell them like, yeah, like people, the consumers are smart today. Like they can see right through the bullshit just cause like 100%. they could just research, you know, research you and tell, you know, I mean, 100%. so it's, it's never good to put on a facade or lie or like you're better off just being you and building a community based off. Yeah. That. I mean, and with social media more than ever before, like you said, like the artist has never been more accessible to the, right. to the, to the, you know, to the consumer. And so like, you don't even need to Google me. You could, you could probably, someone could post something about me on Instagram that I didn't even post. And like, you know, like you can get, you can get uh, real, real vulnerable insights into people's life. And so, yeah, it's definitely, we live in a day and age where I think more than ever before, there's no, there's no hiding behind the screen no if and if you, you do i mean you're probably gonna get left behind you know mm -hmm. that's just pe people people are tired of fake you know they, they want real they want authentic um you kind of touched on it earlier i mean you're pretty open about your mental health but like, how do you think mental health and music you know play in with each other i mean it seems like you're very happy as an artist but i know there's other artists out there that really struggle just like trying to please their fans the grind of touring, whatever, 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 you know, I mean, it's having to, you know, it's a high burden, you know, when you have employees, basically, you know, manager. Yeah, no, 100%. So how, how do you, I guess, do you still struggle with certain mental health aspects or do you, are you more, obviously you're more happy as an artist or is it, I mean, I mean, cause no one's perfect. We all like, we could love what we do, but it's not always, you know, rainbows and sunshine it's like there's 100%. there's there's fucking you know there's tough days like 100 100 you're absolutely right and no i mean I'm, I'm happy like like you said but i'm not um i'm not a robot you know and like uh especially because social media is so vital to the success of the modern day artist i have to use social media a lot and i don't have a manager I don't have a, a label. I don't have a marketing team. It's just me. So I'm the same dude that's writing the songs. I'm the same dude that's recording the songs. I'm the same dude that's posting on Instagram, on the stories, uh, on TikTok, on Twitter, on YouTube. And I'll tell you what, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Uh, and not just on a physical level. Like it is, it is exhausting physically because it tires me out, but it's exhausting spiritually. And it's exhausting mentally. Like there are many days where, when I finally set my phone down for a moment, it's like this huge side just comes out of me. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, where was I for the last six hours? Like social media is a worm. It's a wormhole. It's a, it's a, it's a rat race. And I'm not one to criticize social media because it actually has saved the world in many real ways. Um, in the sense of like social justice and, um, human rights, you know, as a tool for advocacy, it has, it has really been a, a 
a major help to the world, but it's a tool, you know, and it can be a tool for advocacy and it can also be a tool for addiction. And, uh, I am definitely addicted to the likes and the comments and the shares and the follower counts. And just, I'm, I would be lying to you if I didn't feel as though I'm, I'm ensnared by the algorithm. And so that is mentally grueling. And it's an everyday battle to make sure that my social media usage does not lead me into fits of anxiety or, um, you know, depression. Because, like, as an as an artist, I find it's therapy. Making music is therapy. When I write, I'm processing my emotions. It's beautiful. That's great. You can make art all day. I could go move to Scotland and just live on a farm and write music. I'd be the happiest person in the world. But I feel a duty to share my music with the world. And, and that sharing process involves social media by necessity now. And so that that is something that I would, I'm manifesting myself into a new position where I will have someone who does all that thing, all that for me. <laughs> and once that happens, maybe we can have another uh, discussion and maybe my mental health will be better. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's so fair. I mean, having to keep up with DMs, posts, when to post, like I got to post here, here, and here. I got to yeah. take time to respond to messages. I got to take time to, I, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, but yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm excited that you, you know, things may be changing for you soon and, you know, yes. help us. God on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But thank you for being vulnerable about that. I mean, not many people are willing to admit that like they're addicted to just, notifications yeah i mean it feels good when your phone pings it's like oh oh but you know it's even during this conversation i've had notifications pop up at the top of my screen and a little dopamine rush fires 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 and you know i'm addicted to pixels you know it's 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 sad and um yeah no man i mean you know the vibes you know how it is yeah it's it is what it is. I mean, that's as cliche as that is. It's, it's the world we live in right now, you know. And shoot, but hey, I'm you're you're doing your thing. Better days are ahead. Um, you recently played your first show. I think you, you tweeted right. It was or is that yeah. how how did that go? Where was it at? Like what, what was it was it was that like a festival, wasn't it? Or no? Yeah, yeah. It was that it was that music fest in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So. Thank uh, big thanks to my boy Zach Montari. He's a fellow artist, one of my best friends, and a, and a general mentor of mine slash collaborator. So he got the gig, and he was like, "Yo, come, come do a couple songs. Come do a set with me." And I was extremely excited too because before COVID, I was in the mentality of, "All right, and it's time to go perform live." Like just before COVID hit, I was like, "All right, you've got a couple songs out." go out there, get your live chops up. And like, you know, my vision for a in 2021 was what on a live performance level was far ahead of where we're at now. Like I wanted to have, you know, toured, I wanted to be an expert by now. Uh, but it, you know, a pandemic hit and you know, you make plans and God laughs. So it didn't work out that way, but instead I've spent probably months of my life when you add up all the hours going live on Instagram and TikTok. So I've learned how to perform live for people, but I've learned how to perform live for them digitally and, uh, you know, remotely. Uh, 
So it was really exciting to finally get out in front of them, to be on a stage physically, uh, you know, and especially to be in front of people because the Music Fest crowd was not like my demographic, you know, it wasn't my fans. So that was e equally as exciting because it's like, okay, let's see how strangers like my music, you know, any, anybody who follows me on Instagram or TikTok, like they're going to rock when they come to my show, they're going to rock with me no matter what, cause they're invested in me. But like, let's see how these random people feel me from just scratch. And I think the reception was pretty good. Like I look back at the tape of myself and I definitely, I'm a perfectionist. So I definitely was like knocking myself on the head for a couple things that I did or didn't do, but that's okay. You know, because it's just the first of thousands of performances. And I, and I think it was such a beautiful opportunity to sort of just dip my feet in the water and, and get fully immersed. So yeah, that was, I feel a weight lifted off my shoulder and I also feel a fire under my ass to get back on stage. That's exciting, man. I'm so happy for you. Um, Thank you. I, and I, I mean, I've seen you manifest too, just like how you're like, like Lala, you told me, you're like Lala Palooza next year. And I love that energy. I mean, hundred percent, bro. You're you're on your way. I mean, I think you know you have the thing, the fans. You know, you have the we people that will show. There. What's that? We could have been there this year. You know, on 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 a numbers level, I just uh, it wasn't the right timing. Hey, that's it happens. I mean, that's 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 exciting though. I mean, there's always next year. There's always another time. I mean. They'll, they'll, they'll want you back for sure. <laughs> oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think, uh, you know, I'm just excited because now it's like a whole new world of artistry has, I've gotten my first performers high, you know, of like, man, like I, it's like, I felt, it's like how I felt when I had my first TikTok go viral, you know, it's like, okay, like I can do this and people receive it. And like, how did I make that happen and how can I do it again? I'm a, I'm a competitor. You know, I love games and I love, and the world is one big game. <laughs> you know, like it really is. And so like, if you can find a way to play the game without losing your soul, then like, there's nothing more exciting. I, I like that perspective. Were you an athlete growing up? Do you play sports at all? Or is that just like, yeah. you're just no, a dog really. and you have that competitor? Mindset. I am a dog and I have that competitor even outside of athletics because I was word games, Mario Kart, like anything. I was always trying to win, but definitely I played sports like I did. I wasn't I was never like the best kid on the team at any sport, but I was big into like basketball, football, baseball, soccer. Um, and even to this day, like. I know a lot of my friends, you know, we're in our late twenties. And so they're like, Oh, I don't want to play. Cause like, I might, you know, hurt my knee. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like let's ball always. Like I want to be balling when I'm 50, 60, 70. I don't care until the day I die. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I love basketball playing basketball. That's why not? You know, if, if your health, if you know what I mean? Lace them up. Let's go. You know exactly. Let's get but, it. But I, uh, that's cool though. I mean, I think most people that are pretty competitive, they kind of develop that through sports growing up, just because it's. I mean, I think it's highly competitive out there, even yes. in even in little league, even in the rec leagues. But hundred percent, high school is a different animal. But um, that's cool. That's you seem very well diversed. 
just like you know from with your career and just you as a person just through your experiences so it's 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 cool man it's cool to chat with you it's cool to hear more perspective but um that's that's really all i had for you today i mean i can't really think of anything on the spot but uh, (laughs) this phenomenal conversation man i really appreciate you not only asking me about you know the music and everything because that's great but just like you know touching base on a personal level i think i i we're just crawling out of a pandemic so it's really nice to have human to human conversations with people you've never met before absolutely it's it's refreshing you know i it's kind of cool about that you know i started this whole podcast during covid and it's like i would get on you know just like this we get online we meet for the first time and it's like oh yeah we're on zoom like but like let's get it what's up you know and it, it's cool you know 100 percent, dude i mean at the end of the day like this is the, like you said this is the world we live in like and who knows i don't think we live in the same city so if it wasn't for zoom maybe we wouldn't even be able to do this no not at all where, where are you from by the way or I'm, outside, I'm outside of dc where you at oh i'm in buffalo oh bro did you know this about me no what? you know i'm a huge bills fan and a huge sabers fan what let's go dude how did how did that go over our heads oh i don't know I, I was gonna make a comment about that but you know let's go bills oh, baby hey, let's go bills baby <laughs> yo i'm gonna yo check out my lanyard let's go bills <laughs> oh let dude we're i mean it's hereditary I gotta say we're, we have a good shot this year our, our squad is nice Oh, bro, we're Super Bowl bound. Like, we were Super Bowl bound last year if we just could have figured out how to, um, you know, not let Kelsey and Hill just eat relentlessly. No, no one can do that. Yeah, well, I think we could have. I think we could have. I think maybe we underestimated, like, what they were going to – maybe we just didn't put our defense in the right position because I think we have the – I think our defense has the ability to at least like keep them somewhat in check. Uh, like, dude, when we were up like nine to zero or whatever it was, like I was like, we are going to the Super Bowl. I know. Like, literally in my heart, I was like, I was almost sad because I was like, man. And I don't know if you'll relate to this. You might think I'm crazy for this, but like my whole life, I started watching Bills games. I mean, I've watched them my whole life, but I started every Sunday when I was what seven years old or whatever. Uh, the not, the year that the drought started. So my whole life, my whole viewership life was the drought up until Tyrod, right? And so, like, I've sort of come to love that about the Bills. Like, our whole experience is, like, we're the underdog and, like, we're we're going to, we're going to finally conquer the, the monster. And I kind of was a little bit sad when I felt we were going to win the Super Bowl last year because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what is life like after we win a Super Bowl? You know, I was a little afraid. Yeah, I I, I thought we could go toe to toe with Brady. I, I was very, we were playing well, but you know they upgraded the defense a little bit in the off season. So I think, I think we're ready for the Chiefs. I th- I also think we were a little bit scared. You know, I mean, yeah. no one will admit that, but like, you got you got to have a game like that where you get humiliated and it's like yep. you come back hungry and yep. So as long as we stay healthy, I mean. Diggs and Diggs and Beasley were not healthy in that game, so it's like no. kind of. And they added another receiver that like is you know very legit. So and they have Davis too. Like they're we're. Dude, Gabe Davis is yeah. the uns- 
he, he's the hidden he's the hidden gem like he's the dark horse yeah I, I i got his jersey from like china and it's i love that like yeah you know you know the, th the thing about the bills is uh it's always been a narrative for us right the four falls the drought josh allen being in mcdermott like it's always been the, the, the beauty of buffalo bills lore is the narrative people are drawn to our story so like you said i think that was a necessary part of the story was like we got so close and then we got right when we thought we were about to cross that finish line we got swatted away and it almost just adds to the to the perfection of this you know this story of of what is going to be the super bowl victory for the buffalo bills it's it's happening soon i i know, I know it i feel it but um me too yeah I'm sure you remember seeing that shot of Diggs just watching them celebrate. Like he was like, he was like that, 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 that villain origin story. Yeah, that, 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 that puts something in you when you, when you yeah. watch that other team celebrate, when you know you should have been there, like that's a sour taste in your mouth. I have chills even just thinking about it, man. Like, like, you know, this as a Bills fan, like we identify with them. Like it's, it's a part of like, dude, it's so funny. Cause all these questions you asked me during this conversation, they all kind of root back to my Bills fanhood. Like wow. that, that like belief that you can do anything even when nobody believes in you, that loyalty, the unwavering, like I'm not going to quit. Like it all has to do, like I grew up watching, you know, JP Lossman, Trent Edwards, you know, EJ Manuel. Like I, I owe so much of my tenacity and my, uh, <clears throat> just like uh, unwavering belief in myself to the bills, hundred percent. So Man, that, that's crazy. I, I never. I'm glad. Let's go Buffalo, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's go Buffalo. Who knows, man? Maybe what? Maybe one day your story gets out there about that, and they, they. I mean, they're pretty, you know, aware. They take notice, and they're like, "Hey, I'm like, trying to be the biggest Bills." You know how like Mac Miller would be on the sideline at Steelers games? That's my goal. I'm trying to I'm trying to be in that same sort of dynamic with them where I can sort of just I you know I don't want to like be an, an, a distraction or whatever but I want to be at that point where I can collaborate with the team on something. Hell yeah. I dude it's it's around the corner. It's probably closer than you think, who knows. Oh, easily. Easily. So we'll have to tailgate sometime soon, man. I would love to. I mean, I'm I'm excited about this season that you know, we got fans again and it's it's gonna be a time. I mean, I think Josh is gonna be even better than last year. Our defense, well, that's I think our defense is gonna come back to form. You know, like yeah. the D line, they they those young guys. You know, plus, yep. um, AJ Epineza, he's gonna take big big leaps. I yep. think having yep. Star Latulia back is gonna be a huge huge impact because that guy just takes up space. Yep. It really affected our run defense last year not having him, but. The boys are back. We're, we're, we're good. <laughs> 100%. And you know what? Just to just to put the icing on top, you nailed it. It would have been so disappointing if the Bills' Super Bowl victory and parade was under the cloud of COVID, you know? Oh. Like, imagine if we had a Super Bowl parade and, like, and like the whole world was, like, crucifying us as Bills fans for, like, you know what I'm saying? Because they would have. Yeah. They would have had the Bills' There's no way you can put restrictions on, on that. No. It's, it's, it's it'll be a week long like event like and and, it, and that would have that would have drawn so much ire from the rest of the world it would have been like a like a like a bittersweet like it would have ru almost ruined it 
Whereas now the Bills Super Bowl parade will be doubled by like the like relief of like, you know, I know we're not out of COVID yet. And I know that there's a Delta variant. I'm not saying any of that's going away, but I am saying that the Bills Super Bowl victory is going to be in a better place now than it would have been. I completely agree. I mean, it's almost like it's destiny. Like it's like they didn't, you know, you know, God. The Bills Bills are divine, bro. The Bills are, there's, there's a divine thing, man. (laughs) For real. And, you know, I think, there's a reason they didn't win it last year because, like, kind of like what you said. I mean, the fans deserve to celebrate in full. You know, that, yeah. that's just how they are. And when the when it happens, you know, I'll see you at the parade. It's gonna be nuts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll be performing a song at that parade. I promise you that. I and and I've been thinking about making a bill song. I'll give you a sneak sneak idea. It's not it's not a sneak preview because I haven't put anything together yet. I want to create, and I hope nobody steals this, but whatever. I want to create a song. That's not like over the top, like some of the Bill songs you've heard in the past where it's like, I'm on my Marsh on whips. Like, yeah. I don't want it to be like super, like obviously about the Bills, but like clearly about the Bills if you, if you like read into it. And I want part of the melody of the song to be, um, to be, um, why am I blanking right now? Um, the shout song. Yeah. 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 I want like that to be like somehow sort of like in the chorus or in the melody so that like, fans who are like anybody can vibe with the song but for bills fans like they'll be like this is for us i love that i I can't wait till you know you bring that idea into fruition but and guess guess where my producer's from buffalo yeah baby wow kevin spears Spears. he's from buffalo and his whole band uh free music parties from buffalo no shit yeah the name sounds super familiar I'm have to look yeah, you probably you probably seen them like play some somewhere. They they play a lot locally. Like honestly, uh, check them out if you if you can go to one of their shows. They're incredible. Oh, I, I definitely will. I mean, I miss live music, and you know, I like people in my head at random shows sometimes. So, I help, dude. That what a what a random connection. I <laughs> I was gonna say something like nice Bill or whatever, but I got I didn't know like what. You wanna know- Funniest thing, this isn't a Bill shirt. It's that's, a that's, what that's what I mean. It's it's a uh, campaign shirt. Oh, that's what I mean. It, it looked political, so I was, or whatever. So I was just like, no, nah, but it's it's funny because he and and that he's on that side of the yeah. family. That's from like yeah. Buffalo, yeah. Later. like uh, like it definitely was concepted after the Bills. Um, but no, I'm happy I have my keychain in here. Even even uh, my my license plate, you know, covers the Bills. Man. When I drive around every now and then, I'll hear someone next to me just. Dude, I'm, dude, I'm like, I know. It's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> I was rocking a, I was rocking a Bill shirt in Chicago, and someone just ran. People were randomly like going, eh. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you know, and that, and that, and there's nothing more special. Like, like there is no sports fanhood community in the world. I don't care soccer, hockey, anywhere. Nothing taps into that connection that bills fans have like you can be in like you said chicago it's happened to me in phoenix it's happened to me in la it's happened to me in 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 uh ligonier pennsylvania you can be anywhere and if you're wearing a bill shirt someone who you might not share anything in common with like because like there are some bills fans who i genuinely i guarantee you share nothing in common with on any level right but but that bills fanhood it's like almost like a spiritual bond where you see someone, right. you know, 
they go go bills and it's like yeah and you know like me and this person if we share nothing else there's something incredibly special to both of us that we are united on damn that's that's so fire that's how that's why we knew we were supposed to do this conversation for real i mean (laughs) it's it's the it's the the Buffalo Bill spirit in us. That's that's amazing. I I'm this made my whole like week. This is this is amazing. Yeah, me too, me too, man. Definitely love. I love the conversation, but this the Bills part is definitely the highlight. <laughs> Shoot, man, that's awesome. But, um, anyways, uh, hell of a conversation. If there's any, you know, this is your time here in the last couple minutes or whatever. Whatever you want to plug, whatever you want to say to the audience out there, your audience, whatever. The floor is yeah. yours. Plug yourself. Yeah, well, do, it, do whatever you want to do. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. My name is Anise, A-N-E-E-S. You can find me on all platforms. Look at my name. Thank God I'm finally at a point where if you look at my name, I'll probably be the first person that shows up. So check me out. And uh, this was a pleasure. Go Bills. Let's win the Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll run this back at some point. But, yeah, man, thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Anise. Real pleasure. Well, let's stay in touch, man. Definitely, brother. Go, go Bills. Yes, sir.